Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition, late-breaking edition, late-night, late-tight edition, Holly Muse. Holly Muse is the podcast brought to you by myself, Ben, my cousin, whose name is Michael, sitting right next to me. How's it going, Michael? It's going very well. Welcome to Holly Muse. Where we're running through Lincoln Park here. Yes, we do. Today we're hitting on a decade underground. Sounds fun to me. Mm-hmm. Very cool album. Kind yeah. of not really one of their main studio albums at all. Nope, kind of not at all. <laughs> but So they got these underground albums. Yep, Lincoln Park Underground is the Lincoln Park fan club. Every year they'd release some previously unreleased material or demos or stuff that didn't make the cut for commercial albums. And we are going to hit on the 10th release that came out in 2010 because it was kind of a collection of some songs from the previous nine and just a a good grouping to go over here. We're not going to hit on every single, we're not going to hit on every single release that came out because they ended up with 16 total at this point, I believe, going through 2016. So we're just going to pick on this piece here because it had a few good songs we'd like to hit on that missed some cuts for commercial albums. So And it, it's the greatest hits of their underground material. Yep. They had, so you would, they came with this little postcard thing in the CDs and you would mail it in and you could become part of the fan club. I can't remember if it cost money or not. I never did it as a kid then yeah they would send you cds in the mail of it would be these underground albums they're all just called underground one underground two underground three but it's live tracks demo tracks alternate versions of tracks and the the album we're doing today is all the best songs from those from that material and it's just a cool way we're not gonna yeah as as michael said we can't do all the underground albums on the podcast but this is a good way to kind of go through what some of that material is all about yep uh so i know that the fan club did at least later on cost an annual amount so So i don't know if it did initially you know 20 years ago but you just pay your dues and then it's basically like Patreon or whatever where or some of these platforms where sure. people have their platform and then, you know, the fan the fans who are actually paying for it get the extra little nuggets here and there. And so they were way ahead of their time. It's a really cool idea. So a decade underground, we've got ten tracks here. First we have an announcement service public. Not a public service announcement. An announcement service public, of which the only lyrics are You should brush your teeth, and you should wash your hands. In reverse. Yeah, it's backwards. And it's kind of interesting. It's kind of cool. It's like a sound collage. It's a lot. We're not going to rank it because it's basically an intro piece uh, to the album. It's a lot of guitar. It's cool. This song's actually really cool because it shows each member of Linkin Park. It just has like six different instruments all playing a separate part and all really kind of standing out. So you can kind of hear like the drums, the guitar, the bass. You got a sample, which is, I guess, Chester. You've got a ton of scratching from Mr. Han. And then you've even got uh, like violins, which I always say is uh, Mike Shinoda's signature instrument. Is he's always putting violins on everything. 
So it's just each member's sound kind of coming through on an intro piece. And I think that's a really cool way to build a jam where it's just each, you know, making sure that each piece is really sticking out and separate and has a melodic piece to it all on its own. It checks in at just under two and a half minutes. So if they wanted to come in with some real lyrical intro piece, whether singing or some mic hip hop bars, they could certainly do that. It would have been nice to, it's, it would have been nice to have something different lyrically over it. Although I understand it's almost some weird subliminal messaging, just a weird little piece that wasn't meant for an album. It's Mm -hmm. just a little diddly here. It was recorded during the Midnight's to Midnight session. That so makes just sense. a little piece thrown in here. Now we roll from that into Corti. <laughs> it's a big live song for them too. They would they would break this one out. It's just breaks into like a perfect mosh pit rhythm. They just lock right into the groove where you just have to do it and you just have to let it out. You got to mosh. It's crazy. It's a really tight 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 groove. You like Corti? I do like QWERTY. We got some nice Chester screams in here. It would have made Minutes to Midnight. It did not make Minutes to Midnight, obviously. Yeah. But it's one of those tracks that was just didn't quite make the cut. They did write it while they were over in Japan touring and actually performed it over there before it was, well, obviously it didn't make a release, but before it hit any of these underground tracks, before it hit anywhere, it was performed live. It's super metal-y, like more metal than they usually do or more kind of typical metal but it's still really good and really tight and it's like it's lincoln park style metal but even more metally than they typically go with some of their other influences not in it as much uh, there is kind of rapping stuff from mike in the verses it's really cool when all the instruments drop out in the verses and then they bring them back in one by one a really good breakdown, like a legitimately awesome, unique breakdown that's not a ripoff of other breakdowns or like a generic breakdown. Really cool, like staccato tremoli lead guitar. All around great song. It, I think it could have been a hit single. I think it's an A song. Well, and you get Mike and Chester on here. Yeah, you Mike's got them both. bars. Chester really screams singing through the whole thing. Yep. So it's just a nice collaboration. I think it would have been... Yeah, a great live piece. Yeah, and I think it would have been a great album release as well. So it's just interesting it didn't make a real album. They wanted to do you know a power ballad album and have fifteen power ballads in a row instead, as we've criticized earlier. <laughs> a lot of our key themes here: lying, crossing lines. Yeah, what's it about? Let's talk about that. You hide behind your lies. You don't know why. You hide behind your lies. You don't know why. Wrapped up inside your lies. Yep. So lies. Very similar Lincoln Park things. He does. No, get him. Yeah. What 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 track was it? Underneath you, behind you, to your left, to your right. Just can't can't do it with your lies. Can't. Yeah. And why is it called Cordy? I know that's from a keyboard, but yeah, it's just one of those songs. I give it an A. I give it a solid B plus. Fair enough. And one. Is track number three on the album. Tell me more. It is the first track with Chester. The first track they ever did with Chester? First track ever written with Chester. That makes sense. So it's from way back in 2009. 
This sounds exactly like a hybrid theory song. Like you could lie to me and say that this was on hybrid theory and I somehow remembered it wrong and I would believe you because just the guitar tone, the drum tone, the, all the patterns, the vocal effects, the guitar effects, the scratching effects, it's just identical. It just is exactly what they honed in on on hybrid theory and I can't believe that this got cut at all like that should just be there it was written after the hybrid 3 ep was released but before obviously the debut album and it just didn't make the cut but it, it fits right in with the hybrid theory hybrid theory theme and for whatever reason there's like a really weird thing that happens at the end where it just totally switches up into a completely different song and that's very cool and very early Lincoln Park to do something a little different. Yeah, I like it when songs do that. It's very art rock. It's very, you know, some avant-garde, like, let's throw in a sound collage. Let's throw in a bunch of noise. Let's have, like, a 13-minute song, which we'll talk about soon. But, yeah, it just completely switches up to a totally different song. Crazy squealing, like, scratch samples. Really, like, muffled rapping that's really, really hard to understand. I think it's cool that it's like a two-part song and it goes to this weird sound collage song thing at the end. And we go from a nice, strong Chester chorus to the switch-up, which is Mike kind of some muffled lyrics in the background. So kind of a hip-hop switch-up with the weird breakdown, as you described. Yeah, it's it's even more weird because the beginning is so straight ahead metal. Honestly, the the second half is not that different from Cure for the Itch. So I think this whole piece, both halves, should have been on Hybrid Theory. It should. There's a way to fit it in the track listing where it makes sense. I'm sure. Uh, and when the song name was a basketball reference, specifically to a shoe. Just a little side note there. I think it's fun. Would have liked it in the debut yeah, album. It should be there. I give it a B. Solid B. I give it a solid B plus. Sold my soul to yo mama. Not your, yo. Yo Sold my soul to yo mama. Good song. Chill song. Super chill, clean guitar. Just a quick two-minute hitter. It's a song that samples other Linkin Park songs, which is cool. We've heard that before on the song Executioner Style on Reanimation, where it's a new song that is completely made up of samples of other Linkin Park songs. So this could have probably fit in as a reanimation thing, except it's way more chill and kind of, it just makes me think of clouds and rainbows and stuff like that. And reanimation is not like that at all. So, but it's that, that idea of how to make a song. It is. Uh, It was, Arranged, put together, written by Johan in 2004 and released with the LP Underground 4. So we talked about how this was a collection, the decade collection, basically. So this was early on in that series. This was originally released. We do have some points of authority, some paper cut. Very much a Johan scratching collaboration. Yeah, very similar probably to Cure for the Itch. It's cool that there's more material like that. You know, they had to just let him go and just take take the best little chunks of it and you know use it throughout the album as interludes or as cure for the itch type stuff. So that's cool. It makes sense that there's a lot more of that. I give it a C plus. I'm I, not really pulling this up to listen to it. I gave it a C. We next up we have dedication. 
99 demo. Dedicated. It's very hip-hoppy. It's just like a super old-school, crushed boom-bap drum part and some like keys, like piano-sounding keys. It was first released on the LP Underground 2.0. It's the second Underground release that came out. It was recorded in 1999, so another early, early sample. And we do have some It's Going Down by Executioner sampling on here. Okay. But just a nice piece that probably i don't think it would have fit on hybrid theory no but it could have fit on reanimation certainly when they had the executioners featured on there true it's okay yeah it's more or less a a mike shinoda showcase there's some guitar that comes in and yeah probably some johan and but yeah i don't think there's any chester it's it's the fort minor story core style where he's telling you a story and explaining different characters and just what he's seeing and what he's experiencing and telling you like about different people's lives basically super depressing super kind of like melancholy and melodramatic almost which is kind of why i don't like it it's like it's intense, but it's like, what is he really talking about? It's kind of a made-up thing. What do you give it as a grade? Uh, B minus. I went C minus. I'm not going back to this one. It's fine, but they have way better straight-ahead rap songs than this, too. Track seven is a live rendition of Hunger Strike Ugh. by Chris Cornell Ugh. with Chester lending himself to assist with the vocals so i'm not a pearl jam fan at all it just hits my ear the wrong way i know there's a lot of pearl jam fans there's a lot of fans of rock that like pearl jam that i respect their opinions i just i'm not a pearl jam guy so this is it was taken from a chris cornell show it's a cover of a song by temple of the dog which is a side project that is basically Chris Cornell and Pearl Jam together. So singing it is Eddie Vedder as a guest vocalist uh, from Pearl Jam and Chester Bennington as a guest vocalist from Linkin Park. I think it's not should not be on this album. They're like cramming a Pearl Jam song into a Linkin Park album and making me listen to Eddie Vedder and... I don't see why, what the point of that is. (laughs) There is a little bit of Chester in here. Yeah. uh, I don't think Chester knocks that out of the park. It was part of the opening for their live from Project Revolution tour in 2008. So I guess that makes sense to include at some point. Yeah. B, 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 D, F side. D side. I'll give it a D. Yeah. I don't think Chester's super strong on this. This is a, a C. They could have put a lot of other tracks on this compilation. And I just, I don't know. It's not its not solid. There are other better live performances of this track. I apologize to Pearl Jam fans. I'm not even dissing. I just don't want it mixed into my Linkin Park. It just ain't my jam. I get that it's <laughs> other people's jam. I get that. Not my jam. And let's get to some Linkin Park. Next up, we got My December, my favorite song. Michael's favorite song, S-tier song. We've heard it at least a few different renditions, versions, remixes. And this is a live recording as live well version. from 2008. Very pretty. I think it's good. 
Just vocals and chords. I like it. Vocals and piano. Mike and Chester. There are... In the mix. Yeah. Mike does some back vocals. They're weak. Shaky. Yep. They uh, should harmonize and they don't. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not my favorite. And I love this song. I think the performance itself is strong. Like it, 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 But there's just so much more they could do with it and still keep it this minimalist version. Yes. But they're not going the extra mile. I think there are places where Chester just feels a little weak or trails off a little bit. And I just think you can't do that with this. They're there for the vocal. They're there for your vocals and the keys. Yeah. So you have to be strong in both. You got to do it. I will say this is a cool version, and I do think that they kind of have a, a flow through it where it progresses and has really good dynamics, and it, they keep it moving. They keep it strong musically, maybe not vocally, but with the keys and the volume that they hit, they do. it doesn't lose the energy of a live performance. Like They always give it that extra oomph all the way through, and that's kind of what I'm picking up on because a song like this could just fall flat after 20 seconds. Like The audience could just be like, oh, my God, and start snoring. But uh, just just the way they push it and move through the riff and kind of get louder at certain parts, they're really good at, at keeping it interesting. Yes, they hit their marks. They hit their marks. They hit their marks. They keep it flowing as the song is meant to flow. Flowing. The lyrics aren't overpowering the piano. The piano isn't overpowering the vocals by any means. I just wish that spots were... were, I just think spots can be better vocally. But that's just me. Yeah. We're not going to rank the live songs. Although I gave that Eddie Vedder thing a D. So (laughs) I give my December... a C plus. I just yeah wasn't feeling it as much. I gave it a B. I thought it was an interesting version, but they could all obviously do way better. Next up, we've got part of me track eight. This is a pretty cool song. I think it kind of seems like a a prototype version of what Lincoln Park became. It's rap and it's rock. And it's a proof of concept and it's like, we can do this, but it just is so, there's just so much more to go and so much more to do. And so the, some of the riffs are good. Some of them really bop and really grab you and really slam, but some of them are just don't work and don't meet. It just feels like it's like just a proof of concept and it's like, okay, now go do a really good version of that. Like you invented the genre now, you know, go write the songs. Yeah. That's exactly what this was actually recorded pre debut album, pre hybrid theory. Right. So another Mike, lots of Mike rapping. We got Chester in there, of course, on the chorus. I feel it every day. I feel I made my way. I feel it swell up inside, swell up inside, swallowing me. Pretty good song. I yep. give it a C. I enjoy it. We have a lot of a lot of intense mic on here. Yeah. Vocally. And I wish they could have tuned it up and put it on the debut project. I think Hybrid Theory might have been a little bit more intense really yeah. than this, even though it's it's very heavy. Like but, if they could have re recorded it with the hybrid theory yeah, effects yes. and drumming and guitar and Yes. So very raw as we said, like it like it should be, pre debut album. Uh, I give this a solid B plus. Nice. 
Good for Lincoln Park. Run it up next. We have Across the Line. Well, actually, we got to say, I'm part of me. It, so it's the regular song. Oh, yes. Then you get like 10 minutes of a really obnoxious. It's like a radio sound. It's like a. It's like Morse code or something. It's like a buzzing, but it's not. It's like just like an amp feedbacking for forever. Just a sound, just a really obnoxious. It's a sound collage. I think it's cool. It's art. You know, it's a little just weird. So it's the second extended sound collage outro we've had on the Decade Underground, which is cool. It shows that they're experimenting. It shows that they want to hear how different things sound and get the different qualities of sound. So even if it's not necessarily music, they are experimenting with getting different tones, different, you know, how does different, it's just making records. Like that's what it is. They're making recordings. So sometimes you're making records of just nonsense, just sounds, stuff that's going on in the room, electronic sounds, and they can use those later as instruments or pieces of songs or samples of songs. And that, but you know, this is just annoying. They just, just it's just like buzz, 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 and then it goes into a sound collage song. Which is a just another boom bap drum sample, really crushed, distant sounding, uh, really kind of trippy synth part that goes over it. Kind of a cool little piece at the end. The whole thing, it's weird that they put the sound collages on like kind of the biggest hit songs on here. The two that could have really been like Hybrid Theory standout tracks <laughs> also have like these like, two extended sound collage things on this album. Yeah, not sure why it was decided to to do that, but all in all, this this track is played out. Clocks in at just under thirteen minutes with all the all three segments together. So, so check it out. Yeah. So across the line now. This song's great. It is one of the last songs to get cut from Minutes to Midnight. Yeah, had to do it though. I understand. It was originally titled Japan. And was on the DVD for making of Minutes to Midnight. There was a lot of pieces that hinted it would be on the album. Everyone thought it would be on the album. Was cut. Didn't make it. It's really good, but it's not like any of the other Minutes to Midnight stuff. It's like crazy hardcore, breakcore, techno, like really hardcore beat uh, on the drums. And then just... It's story core. He's telling a story, but it's Chester kind of telling about a character. Usually when it's Chester, he's singing about himself. And then there's a lot of Mike stuff where Mike is talking about like telling a story, explaining a situation of somebody else. So this is this is Chester telling a story, which is interesting. And what I don't really get what it's about, but it's about like some kind of old west hijinks or something is what i imagine when i listen to it like it's some kind of love story murder story shenanigans running around type of song and i love that and i'll give it an a an a yeah it's kind of described as like a a wartime scene but okay so that's the story it's a war it's a guy it's a girl they got guns the way it's taken, it can be interpreted several different yeah. ways. It's still with every a, battle yeah. he's choosing, with every fight he's losing, his enemy's not far behind. Could be another internal conflict. Could be interpreted a lot of different ways. But I give this a solid A. I like this song. 
And there's a really good breakdown in the bridge. Yeah. Anything else to say about that one? So this is one of a, a couple songs that could have been straight to album off of this CD. Yeah. Then we got track 10, Pretend to Be. Very weak song. Maybe the weakest song on here. I give it a D. It's a generic, clean sounding thing. It's not a, really a rock song. It's some kind of weird indie groove like i don't know man they're trying like a different style of kind of softer rock or something but i don't dig it at all why do i have to see this through why do i have to take this isn't there something i can do to make myself finally say this just a a fine song uh thought to be one of the songs also caught by minutes to midnight as you said a little bit weaker song something that could be if you're performing live something you can sing with the chorus yeah it's got that stadium chorus it does that you can sing along but the i don't get the instrumentation at all it just sounds super pulled back and super clean and super weak yeah but just another kind of track about lies or being deceived not super great instrumentally not the strongest lyrically but not certainly not their worst can see how this one got cut but I, I don't, it's a B. It's all right. Again, if, if you can sing along with a chorus a little bit, I don't think it's a complete throwaway. Complete failure. Right. So that's a fair point. Although it clocks in at four minutes. That's a long time for a hum-ho. Yeah. So-so. Yeah. Uh-oh kind of song. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. So that's this, kind of the... T- this is demos, and as we said, mm-hmm. you know, throwaway tracks. And well, and that was the ten is. greatest hits of the throwaway tracks. <laughs> yeah, it was the ten best songs from the songs that didn't make it, or the songs that were just too experimental or weird. And it's cool that they tracks. did that. I love it. I love it when bands do that because you kind of see how their songwriting process goes, and kind of some of the different ideas that they go through when they're creating the main bodies of work. And uh, yeah, we're not. I it wouldn't make any sense to cover all of the underground stuff, but I just think the underground idea and project was so cool that I just thought we had to do this little episode here, uh, celebrating the decade underground. It's probably been two decades by now, I'm sure, and uh, maybe they'll do a two decades underground and do the 20 best tracks that they ever did because there is some stuff that happens after this to celebrate the decade underground. We are going to do one more little slice from the Underground Archive. I believe it is Volume 5, if I'm not mistaken. Volume 8. Volume 8. All right, here we go. It had a title that wasn't just Underground 8. Yep. It's called Mmm Cookies Sweet... (laughs) Let me get it right. Let me make sure I got it right here. I got it. We'll pull up the Lincolnpedia. Underground 8 was called Mmm Cookies, Sweet Hamster-Like Jewels from America. So the album's called Sweet Hamster-Like Jewels from America, and the band is called Mmm Cookies, according to Lincolnpedia. So this is their side project, Joke Band, where they make just really short joke songs 
I love this kind of stuff. As a musician, when you're writing songs and you're writing like serious, real, constructed songs, it's so much fun to just do improvised, made-up comedy songs where you're just saying the goofiest thing that comes to your head and making a song like that. And we're going to cover that album right now. What do you say, Michael? Want some sweet hamster like Jules from America? Yes, this is an awesome, fun little project. Yeah. What's your reaction? The, just the whole idea of of the the style of music. Uh, as a listener, it's not always the most fun to talk to, even if it's fun to you know as a band record and take a break. It's more fun to make than right. it is to listen to. That's a fair point. But this is fantastic. We called it popcorn music when I was doing it with one of my uh, former bandmates. We would just make popcorn music where it's just improvised, just goofy songs about animals, songs about clouds, songs about anything. Just random not nuts nonsense. So track one is called You Ain't Gasta Gasta and it is a James Brown parody. Sounds like Mike or maybe a couple people beatboxing and making crazy uh, bass noises with their vocals. And it sounds like Chester doing the uh, the James Brown impression there. And uh, it's just a really goofy beatbox fake soul song or something. Yeah. S tier? Do they all just awesome. get an S? Uh, yes. S for super enjoyable. Super enjoyable. If I did do a mixtape of Linkin Park, I might cram a few of these on there at the end. Maybe not this one. We'll see. Is it fair to rank these? I think so. Uh, so this, to, it, it's to not S tier. Honestly, um, let me think about it for a second. Because there's S tier ones coming up. <laughs> well, so to note real quick, this song is only a, a minute long. Oh, yeah. There's six tracks. Six tracks. And it clocks, the whole EP clocks in at 11 minutes. And it's all just Chester and Mike. I give this one a B. Solid B. That's good. What do you think? I would give it, I'd give it an A. Wow. I think we're getting all A's here, though. Holy crap. Track two, Bubbles. I give Bubbles an A. Oh, yeah. They're, these are like memes. Like you hear it and then you just want to repeat it and it's like an inside joke, you know? We Bu- get like a Hootie and the Blowfish bubbles here. Is that what it is? That's kind of what it sounds like. It's just absurd. All about bubbles. They just spell bubbles and sing bubbles and say bubbles. I want to be a bubble. I wish everyone was a bubble. It's a meme, dude. I think if you got a meme like that, I'm going to laugh at bubbles a lot now. Every time I see bubbles, I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. Track three, No Laundry. It's like a grunge, garage rock song about how you don't do no laundry. Yep. Another... Wait, did you rank Bubbles? Bubbles is an A. Look, okay. It's all haze. It's haze. It's just haze. My name is Bubbles, and I love Bubbles. No Laundry, another one-minute quick hitter. It's A. <laughs> I don't want to eh. do my laundry. Eh, this one's like a D. A D. But I'm only comparing it to the other joke songs at this point. We got Dub Blues, track four, joke blues song, another D. It's funny. It's funny that they can do all the different styles and all the different impressions, 
but it doesn't really go anywhere. There's no real joke to it other than that he's just making fun of the blues. Fox in at uh, about minute 17. Not as fun as the other songs. Yeah. Yeah. So A? <laughs> Give it a B. You said all A's. Well, I changed my mind. You talked me out of it. Oh, man. No, PB and Jellyfish clocking in at a solid 155. It's like average length for some songs sometimes, though, about two minutes. Yeah. Nowadays it is. It's funny and catchy, but I give it a C because it's just such a generic riff, which is what you have to do with this kind of music to just make it up as you go along. But it's just such a played out four chord riff that it's just like whatever. About wanting to be a jellyfish and how, how awesome it is to be a jellyfish. This is an A. When you hug me, I go squish. Because <laughs> I'm a jellyfish. Because I'm a jellyfish. It's a good meme. It is a great Solid. meme. Kind of surprised they never played this as Linkin Park. But Mmm Cookies is a different different mindset, different uh, band. And the hit should be single off of this. Clocking at a S- solid three S- and a half minutes. 26, 26 letters, letters in the alphabet. In the alphabet. We have a banger. Uh, it's... It is a banger. This is a meme. This is hilarious. This is epic. This is like a club from a cartoon that you want to live inside. It's like it's a Sesame Street song about how he wishes he knew what how many letters was in the alphabet. And he figures it out. It's 26. We got Bert and Ernie making an appearance. This is such a great song. It just bangs. We're playing it in our ears right now. It's like we're just smiling and cracking up all over again. I mean, I can't believe that the guys who wrote about 100 songs about suicide wrote 26 letters into alphabet. And it's just blowing my mind. Ernie got wasted and Bert went flat. <laughs> got thrown out can't go back 26 letters it's it's like the fergalicious fergalicious step 26 letters in the alphabet goes fergalicious step it's like that kind of a thing yep that's exactly right and it's super califragilistic expialidocious <laughs> standing outside going super califragilistic fergalicious step it's so good. Yeah. I want to have a mix of this and Fergie now. That it would work there you go. very easily. So an awesome little side Shake project. Shake it, Bernie. Here. Shake it, Ert. Twenty six <laughs> letters into alphabet. A nice quick uh, six songs. We got some awesome album artwork as well for mm, cookies. Imagine receiving this in the mail and thinking that you were subscribed to the Lincoln Park Record mm-hmm. Club. Yeah, our album. Artwork here, we got a pirate ship, we got a rainbow, an angry cactus, a fighting elephant, a dragon robots, just some cartoons on it, and this goofy, (laughs) goofy assortment of tracks. So if you look up mm, cookies, sweet hamster like jewels from America, it's a good time. I'm assuming most Linkin Park fans have never heard any of this stuff and never knew about any of this stuff. That's probably the case. It's all worth it for 26 letters into alphabet. The beat is insane. It's like, it's like perfect. So that was the, this is the eighth underground release that came out in December of 2000 and 
Eight. And none of these made it to the serious Underground 10 Decade Compilation Greatest Hits album that we did. Such a bummer. It's a bummer. But... But uh, yeah, we just had to do this one. Other than these two underground, the uh, the rest of the underground releases that we didn't cover up till ten, uh, it's a lot more live stuff, a lot of more demos and kind of different versions of songs. So between the underground uh, compilation and the sweet hamster like jewels, we're getting to see kind of the the other sides of their songwriting process, where they've got they've got instrumental songs. They've got songs that are kind of experimenting with a genre that they can use to narrow in on the genre later. They've got songs that are like here for the itch style instrumental songs where they can kind of pull sounds and use it as interlude pieces or use it as a, a music bed for a song. They've got sound collage stuff. They've got stuff that should have been on Minutes to Midnight. They've got, and then they've got popcorn music or cookie music or whatever you want to call it just little jewels just little crumbly made up off the top of your head and they got 26 letters into alphabet so that which that's what you got it's part of the uh, lp underground which looks like it sent out at last the last uh underground album there in 2016 so there's definitely stuff after the t- the 10 compilation that we did maybe we'll do them in a future episode maybe not we're kind of trying to stick to kind of core releases. Uh, this one just represents that whole era and that whole, just the whole concept of Lincoln Park Underground. Just a record club in general uh, kind of happened here and there back in the day. But nowadays it's been replaced by like Patreon or something like that or some kind of paid service where you've got an artist that's releasing content every month or every week. And it's just cool that they did that and tried that and did something for the fans, did something where you could really, really be a part of their songwriting process. Yeah, I think the models just changed a bit. Used to be a part of the Power Rangers fan club when I was younger. That's what I was a part That's of. That's pretty good. Yeah, used to send you stickers send and stuff. Send you records and stickers. And... It didn't send me any songs like mm, Cookies, though. No. That would have been fun. That would have been a hilarious surprise. It's like their uh, April Fool's album, you know? Yep. Like you think it's going to be serious music and it is but it's like it's a different kind of serious music yeah so next up we will do a thousand sons as we return to the main commercial releases here i'm so excited to do a thousand sons i really like a thousand sons it was their big comeback uh after you know kind of some hiatuses in between and minutes to midnight taking forever they really hyped a thousand sons as kind of a concept album and it's like they're big here we go here's the real real project that's coming at you um, i jumped back on the lincoln park train full board at that point and i'm super excited to re-listen to it for the first time in a long time and cover it on polymuse with you michael my cousin here co-hosts of polymuse we love you ladies and gentlemen you are our favorite audience ever what else can we say? Decade underground, two decades underground. Long live Lincoln Park. Viva La Rasta. <laughs> <laughs> okay.